You are now listening to the smooth, mellifluous sounds of Red's Room Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to episode number 36 of the Red's Room Podcast. I'm your host, Red. Now I'm your co-host, Jake. And today we are talking about the Jehovah's Witnesses. As always, our references are in the episode description. Check them out. Check them out. So we'll start off by saying that I was raised and used to be a Jehovah's Witness years ago. Yeah. So going to have a lot to say on this one. And uh, Jake had a great idea at the end. We're going to have a little Q&A between me and him. Just going a over. Yeah. Stuff and, about uh, it. I, one thing I wanted to say, too, if you're listening to this podcast, I highly doubt you are a Jehovah's Witness. But if you are... You know, you're allowed to follow whatever you want to. So no disrespect to any members, but we definitely have our own feelings, especially Red here. Right. Uh, you know, just just a little disclaimer for y'all. If you are a Jehovah's Witnesses witness, probably don't listen to this one. But don't worry, they're not going to. Yeah, I doubt that you are, regardless. Uh, so thanks for that, Jake. <laughs> disclaimer. Um, a little disclaimer for y'all there. Uh, so. I started this off with a quote. This is a very uh, common uh, Jehovah's Witness saying. It's been used in many sermons. I think it's in some publications. Um, I tried to find one specifically that said it. I couldn't find one that said this exactly. But growing up there, I had I have heard this a lot in speeches. And, okay. Um, the quote is, If you are in desperate need of a drink of water... And the glass in front of you is 99% clean, but contains just 1% poison. Would you drink it? Interesting. And the quote is often used to describe uh, other religions that are mostly good, but have maybe one little thing wrong with them. Okay. This is what they use to say, well, they got that 1% poison, so you're not going to go drink their water, right? Yeah. Okay. That's an interesting idea there. Interesting, yeah, but it's commonly used by them. So I'm starting it off with that, and we will come back to that at the end. Um, Here's a few paragraphs about how they they came about. So Jehovah's Witnesses uh, are a member of a millennialist denomination that developed within the larger 19th century Adventist movement in the United States and has since spread worldwide. The Jehovah's Witnesses are an outgrowth of the International Bible Students Association, which was founded in 1872 in Pittsburgh by Charles Taze Russell. Excuse me. They adopted the name Jehovah's Witnesses in 1931. The Adventist movement emerged in the 1830s around the predictions of William Miller, who proclaimed that Jesus Christ would return in 1843 or 1844. When Christ did not return, as Miller prophesied, Adventists divided into a number of factions. During the 1870s, Charles Taze Russell established himself as an independent and controversial Adventist teacher. He rejected belief in hell as a place of eternal torment and adopted a non-Trinitarian theology that denied the divinity of Jesus. He also interpreted the second coming in accordance with the literal translation of the original Greek term parousia or presence. 
suggesting that Christ would come as an invisible presence and that the parousia or millennial dawn already had occurred in 1874. The coming of Christ's invisible presence signaled the end of the current order of society and would be followed by his visible presence in the establishment of the millennial kingdom on earth in 1914, although the kingdom did not come. Russell's teachings motivated a number of volunteers to circulate his many books and pamphlets and a a periodical, The Watchtower, and to recalculate the time of the parousia. They were circulating his shit. Is this the... uh the beginning of knocking on your doors. <laughs> yeah, handing out pamphlets was the beginning. Yeah. Um, did you ever look up that movie? Which one? The one I told you to look up. Uh, it was the dial on me. The diorama of creation. No worries. I should have reminded you. Um, so they put out the first uh, movie that you. Oh yeah. Okay. I remember you telling me about this. Uh, color. And sound uh, synchronized to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was very long. And yeah, you were telling. I don't it like have the dates hours exactly, but they were the first ones to put it together, which was very interesting. Uh, just kind of a cool side note is all that really was, but it was interesting. Yeah, I think the thing is like six hours long. I yeah. thought about watching it, but I was like, yeah, I'm little not, shot I don't at me. That much. Red did tell me he told me about that last week, and I was gonna watch the first hour or something, but I completely forgot so oh, no worries. yeah <laughs> that's my bad jake's been sick anyways we had to take a little pause on this so yeah not a no big deal man we, we mentioned it they can look it up if they want to yeah if you want to watch a six hour adventure when it comes to the j-dubs go ahead and and check it out right so that's a little brief summary of how they started okay good start there uh i'm gonna go into their predictions okay so the watchtower bible and track society publications have made a series of predictions about christ's second coming and the advent of god's kingdom each of which has gone unfulfilled almost all of the predictions for uh the dates of 1878 then of 1881 then of 1914 1918 and 1925 were later reinterpreted as a confirmation of the I see here's a word I don't know uh eschatological framework eschatological eschatological framework of the Bible student movement and Jehovah's Witnesses with many of the predicted events viewed as having taken place invisibly yeah how convenient very Um, convenient there further expectations were held for the arrival of armageddon in 1975 but resulted in a later apology to members from the society's leadership i think that's kind of a mainstay in the research that i did a mainstay of the j-dubs is that the end armageddon is near correct that yes they are constantly talking that it is near um, there is a Bible verse that says of the exact day and hour, nobody knows. Yet they've tried predicting it many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they say it's very it's very near. Ever since in the 1800s, they've been saying it's very near. Yeah, and 
that is totally a mainstay of this, and there's definitely they keep changing it. You know, um, it's what has by some give them the label of a doomsday cult because I can uh, kind of see it. They're constantly preaching the doomsday of Armageddon coming at any moment. So you need to be, you need to be on your shit, basically. Yeah, you cannot be. Um, you know, I'm going to use probably some Bible terms here, but you do not want any uh, your garments stained with blood. I can't remember the exact one, but some you don't want like any that. blood on your hands. You want to be, you want to be like Noah. He preached to everyone before that sort of cataclysm. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't listen, but that's basically why they go door to door. They have to preach to every. They have to preach to everyone. You gotta give they everyone can. a chance, right? Uh, yeah, but even if they don't listen, you need to tell them so that then when they re- they hear it and reject it, it's their fault, and you are not. Uh, you're not at fault. Held accountable. You're not held accountable for not warning them. It's kind of if you know, you know, kind of, kind of. Yeah, thing. it's just a. Uh, it's interesting. It is based in some biblical things, but it's basically a recruitment tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. They have the strongest recruitment uh, team ever because everyone has to uh, go out and uh, preach. I guess this is probably something I should have looked up. Are the Jehovah's Witnesses like popular outside of the United States? Um, yeah, they're popular outside okay. and inside the United States. So I don't know. At least living in the United States multiple times at my house probably if you're listening to this you too you've had someone knock on your door mm-hmm. and try to talk to you about this kind of stuff yeah uh just recently they they were yeah they were coming and trying to recruit my wife yeah red's it. wife <laughs> yeah they were coming up uh yeah. we were at work and wasn't it a, like a couple times too yeah a couple times they, yeah. they came a couple times i told i had to talk to it like, we're not interested but thanks uh, uh new. were you going to get into the 1914 stuff next yeah, that's okay. the first one. So I'll start with 1878 if you're cool with me with that. Stay yeah, chronological. If you, if you covered that one, go ahead. Yeah, I have the it. 1878 and the 1881 covered here. So uh, this is from the wiki. So uh, 1878, this is known as end of the harvest. In 1876, Russell adopted the, the belief promulgated by some Adventist preachers that Jesus's presence had begun in 1874 and that the gathering of the little flock... Per- preliminary to the grand climax was already in progress he calculated the harvest would extend only to 1878 at which time the gathered saints would be translated into spirit form i don't know if that has to deal with the 144,000. i'm assuming it does but i don't, th- I don't know that they i don't know though made, i don't think that doctrine had been made yet but it's a similar it's a um, similar idea. idea yeah um the year would also bring the beginning of the, quote, exercise of power, end quote, of God's kingdom with evidence that God's favor was returning to the Jews. <laughs> to the Jews, okay. The failure of Russell's prediction did not significantly alter the movement's short-term date focus orientation. In early 1881, Russell asserted that 1878 had indeed been a milestone year, marking the point at which the nominal, quote, the nominal Christian churches were cast off from God's favor, end quote. Interesting. So I think he initially had this as, like, a big event, and it didn't happen, but he's like, no, it's still important. Like, uh, he still cast off, I guess, some of the false churches to their 
So they say. So he's according to them. According to them. Very common. They'll predict it. It won't happen. And then they'll say it happened in a spiritual sense. Okay. So this is what it goes right here. So 1878, that was the end of harvest we just got into. I was just thinking, you should have read, we should have had you read the cult theocracy paragraph first, maybe. You want me to do, uh, I'll do that after this 81. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, Because I think in there it mentions him being a Zionist, which makes sense to him talking about the Jews there. Yeah, it, yeah, it kind of does make sense. It does make sense. Okay. So uh, that that 1870, I just went over the end of harvest, and now in 1881 on the wiki, it's called a revised end of of the harvest. Okay. <laughs> so right here, Russell wrote that quote: "The light upon our pathway still shines and is more and more glorious." End quote. And that since 1878, the light had glowed stronger. The timing of their translation to heaven seemed nearer. He wrote, quote, We know not the day or the hour, but accept it during 1881, end quote. And obviously we know the second failure in 1881 caused a more serious crisis in the Bible student ranks. And That's as we know, they were kind of known as the Bible students or uh, before the Jehovah's Witnesses, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so it had caused a more serious crisis in the Bible student ranks for several years. Russell's followers waited for the belated translation to occur. Russell's chronological timetable had already identified 1914 as the ultimate end of the, quote, time of trouble, end quote. And this preserved the commitment of followers who might have been discouraged by their failed expectations for 1881. So I think it's kind of like, his original prediction wasn't true. We need to like keep our devoted guys still with us. It's still gonna happen, type shit. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like trying he, to say that there's still some legitimacy behind behind what they're saying. Like, keep waiting. It's coming. Maybe we're a little off here, but shit still happened. Like, it's just. It's interesting. He quoted, "We do not know the day or the hour," and then he follows it by, "I know the year, though." Yeah, <laughs> I, know? I know the year, but, but we don't know which day it is. Okay, so uh, we we should have brought. I should have said to bring this up first, but in uh, hold it up for the people. Occult theocracy. Occult theocracy. The legend. Edith Star Miller. I'm trying she to find the pirate paragraph with the Zionist uh, stuff. Uh, yeah, maybe I uh, spoke out of step there, but I I, I swear she men- mentioned him, and maybe I read it somewhere else that he was a Zionist. Maybe I read that on his Wikipedia. It might have been the wiki. I don't see anything on Zionist. Okay. Right? Actually, wait. Ma- so, sorry, guys, if I misspoke, but... Um... Okay, I'm just going to read a paragraph here. Just give you all a little story time here. I that. hear... I, I see in this paragraph the word Jews, so let's read this one. Okay. The Protestant... Epis, epicopal? Epicapal? Is it, is it Episcopal? Episcopal. It the Protestant Episcopal and other Christian churches, which in Russell's graphic language are the, quote, the harlot daughters of the Romish church, end quote, and, quote, have committed fornication, or fornication, sorry, not fornication, fornication. <laughs> Made a My bad. I, I, I had to get there, <laughs> end quote. Which term... Uh, he interprets as meaning the union of the church and state. So bitterly opposed by the Jews in all countries, fare no better at the pen of his prolific writer who predicts that under the visible rulership of the ancient worthies, uh, parenthesis, the Jewish uh, Sanhedrin, 
those Gentiles who still believe in Christ will acknowledge his reign as an invisible one while submitting as Christians to all the hardships these Jewish lords might choose to put upon them. That's an interesting paragraph there. Yeah, that's very interesting. That's that's interesting. Yeah, and he, she only has about a page and a half on the, the Russellites, mm-hmm. uh, but which is what... Um, they were no. They called themselves the Bible students, but they were they were more commonly known as Russellites, which I think they were called that uh, by outsiders because of uh, Charles Taze Russell. Yeah, I think they kind of tried to say that they were a cult following Russell and called them Russellites when they were like, "No, we're Bible students." And um, kind I of a similar argument that yeah. stayed with them forever of uh, that they are a cult. And I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying what has been. Uh, said about them. I really just rep- I we're can't. just reporting. Yeah, on, we're just reporting on the things here, guys. To be fair, those outsiders calling them that, I don't really blame them. You uh, know, makes sense. It it does kind of make sense. You're following one guy's interpretation of the Bible, mm-hmm. and when he's wrong, he reinterprets it. And we saw this on uh, when we talked about Waco. Uh, yeah, uh, that uh, David uh, Koresh, Koresh. Yeah, he even used new light. Oh my God! Yeah, in, in in when he messed wanted to change his doctrine or his predictions, he used that there's new light. And um, if you do any research on on cults, they use that a lot, right? It's it's common amongst every single every cult uses it. We've had a new light. We've had new a new light now. Light, mm-hmm. especially Christian cults use that new light. There's a uh, scripture that says towards the end the light will get brighter and brighter and they use this that scripture as the basis to change their doctrine and their interpretation of scripture saying that we're getting towards the end so new light from God has come up yeah has someone been given has been enlightened us. yeah it, it's not that we are hacks and we're false prophets and we're totally wrong it's that God gave us new light. Now we have better understanding. Exactly. They, it's a it's a whole suave way to just be like totally change something they fucked up, basically. And it's it's very common if you research other and, you know organizations. Playing devil's advocate again, like I get it. Yeah, that's not a. I mean, if you did fuck up something and you figured something else out, or you you made up something else, like oh, we have a new light, fucking. Just like we, like right. I covered before, the 1878, and then in 1881 he revives it. Now we're gonna get to in 1914. We're gonna get to more of them, you know. Um, yeah, that's the way they, that's the way they roll, man. Uh, so yeah, that's a that's a good segue. I'll go into the 1914 one then. So 1914, Russell wrote that the culmination of Armageddon would occur in 1914, preceded by the gather, gathering of all the saints, both resurrected and living to heaven. Based on measurements from the Great Pyramid of Giza, this passing beyond the veil or rapture was expected before the close of A.D. 10. Russell enumerated seven expectations for 1914 in The Time is at Hand. Uh, God's kingdom would take full control of earth on the ruins of present institutions. Christ would be present as earth's new ruler. The last of the royal priesthood, the body of Christ, would be glorified with Christ. Jerusalem would be no longer uh, be trodden down by the Gentiles. Israelites' blindness will begin to be turned away. 
the great time of trouble would reach its culmination of worldwide anarchy, and God's kingdom would smite and crush the Gentile image and fully consume the power of these kings. And all of us living now know that none of that happened. I also love how he uses the word Gentiles because Joey Diaz uses that term all the time. Yeah, it's a biblical term. Those fucking Gentiles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, uh, when in 1914, none of that happened. Yeah. Uh, he changed it to Christ took his heavenly, took ownership of the heavenly kingdom is what that became. And and when World War One started, yeah, uh, they basically used that as a justification for that they weren't completely wrong. They're like, well, the time of the You're end is kind of right is happening. Look, World War One's breaking out, so uh, we weren't totally wrong. Yeah, he basically is what happened, and they they actually report on 1914 as as that is a huge win for their predictions. That actually. It, yeah, even though the huge parts of that they were were false. totally wrong, and they had to completely reinterpret it, uh, they use it as as a huge win. They're like, you know, 1914. Uh, uh, look, uh, World War One started. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one more paragraph on this. Uh, in 1911, Russell wrote that October 1914 would witness the full end of Babylon or nominal Christianity utterly destroyed as a system. At first, the hopes for 1914 were stretched to near the end of AD 1915. A few months before his death in 1916, uh, Russell wrote, We believe that the dates have proven to be quite right. We believe that Gentile times have ended. The Lord did not say that the church would all be glorified by 1914. We merely inferred it. Yeah, and we just evi- we took a guess. Yeah, and evidently aired. He interpreted the war in Europe to be the first of three phases of Armageddon and the destruction of Christendom to take place in 1918. I feel like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> what the Which fuck, instead, man? in 1918, World War One ended. Didn't it end in 1918? Yeah, uh, 14 to 18, I believe. is. Uh... So instead of the destruction continuing, it ended. So uh, uh, you have 1925 next, right? Yes. I have the 1918 right here, so this actually works out perfect. Let's go into it. So let's go into the next one here. We had uh, we had 78, 1878, then we had 1881, then we had 1914. Now we have 1918. On the wiki, they call this the new terminus. Russell's final revision, because I believe he passed uh, right before... Um, so his yeah, final, re- yeah, his his final revision of his predictions was to identify 1918 as the new terminus. The shift was based on the reasoning that the period of the Jews' favor may have lasted until 73 CE rather than 70 CE, and they're using Common Era instead of BC. But I mean, teach their own. That's just what Wiki yeah, was using. They they like to use Common Era. Yeah, uh, it, no, you know, no whatever is fine. It. I yeah. don't care. For the modern-day parallel, the adjustment met the conclusion of the 40-year harvest period was moved to 1914 to 1918. So that's kind of like the uh, adjustment there. Um, The finished mystery, written soon after Russell's death by two prominent Bible students and published in 1917, made a series of bold statements about the expected demise of the, quote, 
false, unquote, Christianity. Mm-hmm. That's what I was kind of talking about yep. before. They also call it Christendom. Uh, oh, oh, really? Okay. Yes. There's a, there's a term for that there? Yes. So kind of like the other religions that are, in their eyes, not true. They the call them false. false. Christian religions. Exactly. What they refer to them as, yes. So, God's day of vengeance, the book said, would, quote, break like a furious morning storm in 1918, end quote, destroying the church's wholesale and the church members by millions. When 1918 also passed, without a sign of fulfillment, the initial reaction was that the harvest had indeed finished and that the full complement of those destined for their translation to heaven had been assembled. The further delay in the arrival of the millennium was interpreted in uh, 1919 as a sign that the loyalty and powers of endurance of the, quote, kingdom class, end quote, were being tested, and that God was finding fault with some supposedly sanctified people. So I feel like the kingdom class, the the good people in his eyes, you just got to wait a little longer. You know what I mean? God is testing you. I think that's kind of what he's getting to here. And maybe yeah. there there's some there's some people in the people that are gonna ascend that aren't quite uh what is the word I'm looking qualified for going on. So we do, we need a little more time is kind of what they're saying here. At least yeah. that's how what I'm getting from it. That's a common thing too. They're like he's just he's it's testing test. us. It's a test, yeah. And also I, I don't wanna budge too deep. Uh, with your personal, but them calling them the kingdom class, is that where they get the kingdom like hall like like the Oh, um I think um they're I think the kingdom class is referring to the hundred and forty four thousand. It I I would assume so. Um so they believe they're in Revelations there is a scripture that talks about hundred and forty four thousand. In short, to sum up their doctrine, because we can go forever into it. They believe that Armageddon is going to hit the earth. And that it's coming soon, right? It's always it's always coming soon. It's always coming any minute. Um, but when it does, uh, God's going to wipe out all wickedness from the earth and all non-believers. Mm-hmm. The 144,000, which some of them are, li- are alive now and some of them are dead, are... Uh, will be the ones that are dead and the ones that the ones that are alive will be raptured to heaven the ones that are dead will be resurrected to heaven um and after armageddon's all done and everyone's all wiped out those 144,000 will then come down to earth and the rest of the faithful people they will shepherd them and help guide them in recreating rebuilding the earth yeah. and rebuilding the earth into a paradise uh, the way that uh, God intended it to be. Okay. Which they rely heavily on. Um, I think it's Revelation 21, 3 and 4, I want to say. Dude, if you're nailing that, respect right there. Oh, you think that's impressive? I'm going to quote it. It says, <laughs> and this is from their Bible. Let's go. Uh, 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 and I heard a loud voice shout from heaven and say, uh, death will be no more. Neither will mourning, nor outcry, nor pain be any more. The former things have passed away. Um, something like that. So Red's I think I messed this, it up. Hey, I'm no, close. No, no. no, you're close. We got to give a big shout out to Red here. That You nailed that, uh, man. Thanks. Uh, kind of. Off, off the cuff right there. I, I'd say you nailed it. Um, but um, so, yeah, they use that scripture heavily. Uh, death will be no more. Uh, I think it said something about he he's put his kingdom with mankind in those scriptures. Uh, 
I know I, I I was close, but kind of butchered it. But you get the idea. I think the, you did a decent so, job there. Um, they rely heavily on that and some other scriptures. I think in Proverbs and or Psalms that talk about the righteous themselves will possess the earth and they will reside forever upon it. So they they rely heavily on those things, and they also rely on the idea that God is infallible. He intended for us to live in a paradise earth, and that that is what's going to happen. So um, well, and that that Satan fucked it up, and now he's gonna. That, but yeah, but that God's uh, will is will prevail in the end, which I I can understand that it makes sense that uh, that part yes. So yeah, in a nutshell, we just covered a bunch of that. Let's get to the next prediction. That I okay. wanted to cover. Yeah, no, I'm happy. I, we and got like most of the big ones there: 78, 81, 19, 14, 18, and now twenty-five. These are like the big ones here. Yeah. So uh, twenty-five. Rutherford's, uh, which Ru- Russell was kind of the leader when he died. Rutherford was he like kind of took the, over, right? He pretty much succeeded him as the leader, basically. Uh, Rutherford believed that the patriarchs would re- patriarchs would. Uh, return would occur in 1925 uh was based on his calculations of the jewish jubilee counting forward 3500 years from 1575 bce as the year advanced he wrote of the urgency of witnessing in the few remaining months though he also provided a caution that not all the expected events might occur when that prediction failed, the Watchtower Society suspended the issuing of prophecies centered on a specific date. So this time he was smart enough to say that not all the events might occur and then none of them happened. Um, kind of future-facing there. Yeah. Uh, like, we, we've been through this before. Let's make sure we put a little asterisk in there. Like, maybe we might not be on the money, you know? Oh, they still did. They There's still some things. Let me get into some more. Oh, okay. Before, I know. We're going to have some comments. Let's fucking do it. Um, Rutherford admitted his error, claiming that the 1925 date was merely an expressed opinion. Yet oh, Rutherford did not abandon the prediction. In 1929, okay. the Watchtower Society bought a piece of land in San Diego, California, where a Spanish mansion was built and named Beth Serum, or House of the Princes. As late as 1932, Rutherford was still developing talks about the nearness of the kingdom. He declared that the preaching work of the witnesses was coming to a conclusion, that Armageddon was only a short time away, and that the end was much less than the length of a generation. In the late 1930s, Rutherford affirmed his intention that Beth Serum should accommodate the at least some of the returning princes and that it should stand as a monument to the organization's firm expectation. Although no new date was ever assigned to the expected event, the building was sold in 1948, and the doctrine of the return of the prophets was dropped in 1950. You know, to be fair to them, that was kind of a good move, saying how it's not going to be an expected date anymore. You know, kind of retconning. Yeah, but they did it one more time. Oh, my. It fucking keeps going. So the next one, <laughs> okay. 1975. It goes on, folks. In 1966, the Watchtower Society issued the first of what became 
a sequence of statements of the importance of a new date, 1975, that raised the possibility of that year heralding the beginning of Christ's millennial reign, and along with it, doom for unbelievers. If you are a young person, you also need to face the fact that you will never grow old in this present system of things. By the way, hmm. I heard that when I was a kid all the time. Did you really? Yeah. Why not? I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna repeat it again. Uh, if you are a young person, you also need to face the fact that you will never grow old in this present system of things. Oh man, dude, I love how you can yeah. put in your personal experiences uh, here. It's so dope. Uh, yeah. So this was in. Uh, this was in '69, uh, but. Okay. Uh, Still around. When I was a kid in the 90s, I heard this. So um, I'm actually, I should have prefaced, I'm I'm quoting from one of their um, publications. This is The Awake. They have two main publications, uh, The Watchtower yeah, the and wa- The Awake. The Watchtower is like a, a fat one, and then The Awake is... The Awake is a big one, too. Th- they're a big one, too. Yeah, so this was from the... I should have said this. This is from The Awake, 1969, May 22nd, page 15. Yeah, one thing on the Watchtower. Yeah, on the Page, wiki, sure. on the wiki, it says the Watchtower Bible and Track Society. They're headquartered in Warwick, New York. Yes. So they they got a good location there. They're in New York, fucking. Yes. Uh, so I'm gonna re, re restart over with this. Okay. One. Sorry, my bad. My um, bad. you guys got that sentence. I'm gonna go to the next one. Why not? Uh. Because all the evidence and fulfillment of Bible prophecy indicates that this correct corrupt system is due to end in a few years. Of the generation that observed the beginning of the last days in 1914, Jesus foretold, This generation will by no means pass away until all these things occur. That's from Matthew 24, 34. So they're doubling down on their 1914 idea and... They that, are doubling down. They are, yeah, doubling down on that one. Um, this was in 69, and th- what they are talking about is at 75, they think, is the end. But they are putting it out there that if you, like I said, if you're a young person, you won't grow old in this present system. They believe Armageddon's coming, and you are going to live in paradise. You know, basically. One thing, just me being, you know, Jake, being a little tarred here, it is kind of dope how they're like prophesizing how like Armageddon is coming. Yeah. It is soon fucking get ready. Like well there's man there's a lot of kids growing up in there who have nightmares about I, Armageddon. I was I was literally just going to say I feel like yeah. the fear especially being a kid. Did I, you have fear? I never had nightmares but I definitely was worried about Armageddon. You, you were worried for sure. Yeah, definitely. God, dude, that's um, but I, crazy. I have heard stories. I've seen stuff on the internet of people of they, kids being—they're just traumatized they're by it. Yeah. Uh, God, man. Understandably that's so. Insane, dude. So, um, excuse me. Yeah, and um, I also picked this specifically because when they said this generation will by no means pass away until all things occur, I saw this prophecy change twice while i was in there and it was a big part of how i got out also learning other things and learning what cognitive dissonance is um but uh they when i was a kid fuck um, yeah i want to hear this rad keep going yeah yeah that's why i brought this so when i was a kid yeah um that prophecy so they believed that the people who were 
around in 1914, the faithful people then, that they would not pass away until Armageddon happened, basically, based off this scripture. That generation, they were going to stick around until Armageddon came. Yeah, and when I was a kid, this book... Is that your OG copy? No. Okay. I actually threw them, all, I threw them all away when I left, and <laughs> yeah. then I had to go back and buy some on eBay. But uh, <laughs> I wish funny. I had. I wish I kept mine for your when OG. I was a kid. Yeah. But this is their Revelation book. Revelation. It's grand climax at hand. Wait. So it, that's a full book based on the the book of Revelation. Um, yeah, based on their interpretation. Their interpret. So that's their kind of version. So I should have looked it up. But when did this book come out? Let's fucking. Uh, I, I'm interested here, y'all. I hope y'all are too. I don't know if this says when it came out. Uh, Does it not say? This book, though, was out when I was a kid. And then uh, when I was a kid, they revised this book and they revised oh, that prophecy. Man. Were you kind of into this I, book too? I remember. Yeah, I thought it was dope. Uh-huh. But I remember as a child, what we did was is we got uh, printouts which not everyone had a printer, so I remember people sharing, printed out (laughs) different pages and paragraphs of this book, and we would cut them out, and we would clear tape or paste them over the page to revise this book in spots to their new interpretation. I guess as a kid, you know, you probably didn't give a fuck. Like, it was like, you know, whatever. Like, this is kind of what we do. But looking back at it, it's like, yo, I've been... Not, I'm not going to go too ta- crazy. What did I put the tab on here for? Sorry, I'm listening. In, in some ways, you were like living by some of these things that were said or at least believing in it. And it's like this new version comes out and you need to fucking either get the new book or change some certain areas of this book because we have revised it. We have changed it. It's like, come the fuck on, man. At least that's the way I, once again, I don't want to disrespect. If there is any Jehovah's Witnesses listening to this, I doubt you've made it in this far. But for later. fucking, I guess, believe what you want to believe. But man, like this whole revising situation. Oh, man. It's like, come the fuck on, it's man. It's rough. Come the fuck on. So, which by the way, they then revised that prophecy again when I was in my 20s. And that's when I was just like, what? Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, they, they made it to be that it says this generation will by no means pass away. They changed it to... Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I think I remember now. So when I was a kid, they changed it to that... Uh, at first, they were talking about th- that generation. Then they're like, well, when they changed this book the first time in the 90s when I was a kid, they were like, well, there were children alive then, so they extended it a little. Because they were like, if you were a child then, you were that generation, and they extended it some. And then it still didn't happen. And when I was in my early 20s, when I was still in there, um, they changed that prophecy again to be like the children of those children. And I was just like, what is this bullshit? I don't want to like, get, yeah, I don't want to get too personal, but I, I do want to ask you this question, Red, if yeah. it's okay. How old were you when you left? I mean... Honestly, in my 20s, I was mostly checked out. So like, like 21, going, 22 going type the, shit? Going through the motions. I actually left twice. Uh, when I was, I got baptized in my teenage years. I feel like we should have left this towards the end. I, I no, got, I, I, bro, I, became I think this one is the my, best part. In my teenage years, uh, I left for a while because I wanted to play in a band and fuck off and, yeah, you know, have sex and do, yeah. do stuff. It, it 
it really wasn't that bad, but according to them, is evil. And uh, then I was having my son, and I came back in, and I was like, I, I need to raise him in the, yeah. the religion. And then um, in my 20s, I, when I came back, and at first I was all gung-ho, but then in my 20s I just uh, kind of never was fully back into it. And then when I heard that prophecy changed, I was just like, what? And then I've so o- you, other things yeah. happened, and then – uh, I basically just kind of called what's disassociated. I just kind of stopped going for a few uh-huh. years. Just kind of stayed out of it a little bit. And then finally when I left, is I dude, I compiled. I had a binder full of things I compiled when I found all these discrepancies because uh, they actually don't teach you any of these failed prophecies. I would assume. In growing yeah. up in it, I grew up in it. So I grew up thinking that their their prophecy of 1914, what they said was their original prophecy, and it came true just like they said it, basically. Uh, then when I find out the truth, that like they interpreted that to be Armageddon and that that didn't happen, and that they had two two other prophecies before that, and they've had all these other ones that didn't happen, I was like, what? I never knew any of this. Like, you, they totally, uh, you know, uh, what's that called? Uh, is it retconned? Stovepiped. Stovepiped. They stovepiped okay. the information that I got about them. Okay. Uh, which you know, when when I grew up, the internet wasn't around, and I grew up with my parents teaching it to me, so I totally, I totally clasped onto it and totally took it at face value. Um, but I I think nowadays with the internet that they're taking a big hit on people. I, uh, coming in and I think it's, it's in. the same with Scientology too I think the internet yeah. kind of fucked over and by the way Red when you were saying maybe yeah. we should have left this towards the end I think this is the most interesting part oh thanks man I no, appreciate it not even just just rant just we are getting his own experiences here and I think it's fucking dope man I hope y'all enjoy it too we'll we'll get into more I'm sure yeah we'll get into more probably I just got all these dope quotes i found yeah these are probably boring to everyone else but no dude i I, found all these dope quotes from all their articles no i really i fucking respect the fuck out of you putting yourself out here with this like this is fucking cool man i'm I'm kind of a nerd like that like i said when i left i had a binder compiled you you went deep like if i were to like drop that on someone they would just be like yeah dude what you you know someone who's in there not not quite but you damn near you went like alex jones level like fucking going obviously not not, not BSing, but fucking you went deep into it. Oh, thanks, fucking thanks for figured it out. No, I respect the fuck that. And yeah, also, I, I get I get nerd level obsession of yeah, stuff. Sometimes. Just to finish this out, because I know we're rambling, but uh, good on you for that. Must have been tough for the first little part about it, but I guess you yeah. were like motivated. Most people don't make it out, and what? Uh, yeah, a lot of people don't make it out for sure. Uh, what a lot of people think. Uh, you know, it definitely uh helped me realize uh. Uh, a lot of um, vulnerabilities in the human psyche. Yeah. Everyone thinks that they're like, oh, I would never believe that. I'd never be part of that. And I'd never blah, blah, blah. But the, the truth is, is that everyone believes what their environment is that yeah. they grew up in and what they're Especially around. growing up, though, those those if like you, developmental years. If you grow up in an, in an Islamic household, it's like a 99% chance you're going to be Islamic your whole life. You know, and I you guess know? I was going to say and, Christianity and anywhere. too. It's probably dipped down. But. Anywhere. If you grow up with that and that's what you're surrounded by. Yeah. 
that's what you're going to be a part of. It's just human Those, nature. Those like we developmental all... years like ages yeah. like i don't know maybe 9 to 14 like those years in there like if you're in it a lot of that is probably going to stick with you and, and say, not yeah. yeah that and and as an adult what you're surrounded by is what you're going to believe you know yeah and i guess going a little bit towards me I guess putting myself out there a little bit, like I grew up a Christian. I went to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, especially in my younger years. Like I wouldn't say I'm a Christian anymore, but some of those ideals kind of stick with me a little bit. Yeah, you, you still know? carry them with you. Yeah, exactly. You do. You do. Um, yeah, it's just it's just the way she goes. It, it is the way she goes. Like those developmental um, years, man, it's crazy. It's some- we're fortunate enough at least to recognize that. Some people never recognize yeah. that. You know, there's still, to this day in this country, people on the left and on the right arguing with each other and not realizing it's just tribalism. Exactly. And once again, if, tribalism. You're, if you're any of these religions, you're a Christian, et cetera, whatever you are, like, uh, I don't hold any ill intent. Like, you are free to believe what you believe. I think there's yeah. some good shit in a lot of those we, religions. And yeah, uh, we support a lot of... We yeah, like religions. And, I support a lot of religions, yeah. especially the big two with Christianity and Islam, and there's a bunch extra. I'm not going to... I gonna, still follow yeah, a lot of Christian guidelines exactly. uh, in my life. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't want to throw any shade on any of those religions. Believe what you want to believe, you know, but especially with the J-dubs here, it is, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it gets... Yeah, there's more. Just okay, deeper. okay, back back on track here. By the way, uh, Red, even though Can I, hit you I got you, I got you. Yeah. Even though you were saying kind of before how you didn't want to quite like, it's maybe cool, this bro. was a you little t- you you hit that you know already. maybe this is a little dry. This, this is dope, man. Thanks. This is I, dope. I'm glad you like it. We're gonna get we're gonna go to even more. Sorry for the rambling. So uh, another one of my I thought a cool quote I found was from the Kingdom Ministry. May 1974, paragraph three. How are you using your life? And by the way, the Kingdom Ministry is an article. You, it's it's a small pamphlet uh, that y- y- comes out monthly. You only get if you're a Jehovah's Witness. And the Kingdom Ministry is all <laughs> about being a minister, being a preacher. Bro, my version of that is getting GameStop Game Informer every month back in the day. You know. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is insider information here. Um, okay. Let's, so here's let's the quote from it. here. I'm still talking about the 1975 prophecy, okay. by the way. Okay, let's For do it. For all the derailment, keeping, keeping everything on track. So here's the quote. Yes, since the summer of 1973, there have been new peaks and pioneers every month. Now there are 20,394 regular and special pioneers in the United States in all-time peak. That is 5,190 more than there were in February 1973, a 34% increase. Does that not warm our hearts? Reports are heard of, here's the important part, brothers selling their homes and property and planning to finish out the rest of their days in this old system in the pioneer service. Certainly, this is a fine way to spend the short time remaining before the wicked world's end. By the way, I know I should have prefaced uh, the term pioneer means you're a full-time preacher. Really? Yeah, it means you put out at least, I want to say they've changed it many times. What I last knew, I think it was 40 hours a month preaching. Okay. 
But so you uh, got you got to do a week of preaching to fucking yeah. I think it used to be more. I think it used to be 80. But uh, so anyways, the important part is people were selling their homes and their property. Yeah. Cause, and this was in 73 because they thought 75 was going to be Armageddon. I, so I people, wrote this down too. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People were selling all their shit and they're like, we're just going to spend it out preaching. We're going to end it. Because the end is near. Might as well sell all of our shit. Yeah. They're, they're thinking they're like Noah. And the flood's coming. Yeah, this is and the next like, one. Let's sell everything. We're going to go out preaching for God. And uh, what they don't tell you is that it ruined those people's lives. It never came. When 75 didn't come and those people sold, a lot of people sold all their stuff, donated a lot of their money. They probably ended up homeless to, and shit. To the Jehovah's Witnesses. And then 75 didn't come. They actually lost a lot of followers when 75 didn't happen. I, and I bet it, it, some of those like super devoted jehovah's witnesses like they they it was tough times for a little while i'm you can only assume right you can only assume i have one more paragraph on 75 and then i want to talk about 75 i have i have more. let's do it let's fucking do it this is from the awake of 1974 november 8th paragraph 11 okay today there is a great crowd of people who are confident that a destruction of even greater magnitude is now imminent The evidence is that Jesus' prophecy will shortly have a major fulfillment upon this entire system of things. This has been a major factor in influencing many couples to decide not to have children at this time. Wow. So a lot of people decided not to have children. Because because they wouldn't have the time to fucking, like, devote themselves to... They the, figured Armageddon was about to come. The new world's yeah, about to come. Let's wait and have the kids whole then. thing of the generation. You know that too. Now we're gonna get into a little personal stuff here for me. Let's when, fucking do it. When I grew up in this, I never knew a lot of these. I never knew about 1975. They don't talk to you about Re- it. It's like an L. And they also teach you that anyone telling you. Any of these types of things basically is the devil, if I'm going to make it, if I'm going to sum it up real fast. Uh, But they have what's called apostates. And an apostate is somebody who's basically trying to um, discredit the organization, discredit God. Yeah. So agents of the devil, basically. So... So any of these types of things, they would dismiss real fast and say, that's not what happened. That's not how it was. Uh, they told me, they were like, oh, 19... When I finally heard about it, I was in my 20s. I was in my 20s before I knew that 1975 was even a prophecy that they had. And you were in it your whole childhood. You didn't even know. I had no idea. I decided to to become part of the organization without even knowing any of these things. Um, yeah, and... They still say to this day, they say that they did not preach that 19, that they say that they never saw, said that 1975 would be the end. Well, I have for you guys right here. This is one of their books, Life Everlasting uh, in Freedom of the Sons of God. This is a Watchtower Bible Tract Society book, an older one. I had to buy it on the internet. Red came in clutch here. He fucking bought the shit. He tracked it down. 
Here it fucking is. At a bookmark here. In their book. Uh, this book, when did it come out? Uh, let's see. I, I failed last yeah, time. Yeah, and even though, once again, they said that this this didn't have, like, they, they're trying to retcon this. This says copyright 66. Okay. Hopefully that's when they dropped it, but... Um, I'm assuming it's at least somewhere, you know, 64, 65, 66. It's got to be in that area. Here's from a paragraph in here. Uh, according to this trustworthy Bible chronology, 6,000 years from man's creation will end in 1975, and the seventh period of a 1,000 years of human history will begin in the fall of 1975 CE. And they actually have a chart in here. Which, wow, they're still, they use CE there? Interesting. Yeah. I don't know when they adopted this uh, BC and CE, but... Uh, no, that's right. C-E. Or BCE and C-E. They use CE. BCE and CE. Uh, they actually have a chart in here showing when 75 hits. I think this is it. Dude, it, it's crazy. End of the 6,000-year day of man's existence. And they talk about that that is the beginning of Christ's 1,000-year rule, which comes from the book of Revelation in this book. Yeah, if so, if, if y'all want to find that book, it's there. Uh I fucking you can find them on eBay, I think. Probably I don't know. decently they might be cheap. rare now. But. I, I'm assuming they couldn't be that expensive. So they totally did, but what you can easily find online is there's a very famous um, sermon, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, the witnesses just call them talks. They might have called them sermons. still called them sermons then in the 60s. Um, of... Uh, what they called a member of the governing body. The governing body basically is the group of uh, what they they call elders. This is the group in charge of the whole organization. And one of them gave a sermon at their... Uh, they have an annual yes. meeting every year. And yeah. They have a big... It's called a convention. And he gave a speech in the recording is easy to find online and he talks a lot about 1975 and it's it's basically indisputable that they were preaching that 75 was going to be the end and it which it's they 2024 will deny. now if they come to your door now and you ask them about 75 they will totally write it off or they'll will they just act leave. like it never even happened they will totally they'll be like yeah what they here here's what they told me they told me when so i asked about you, it you you tried to get to the i asked of about this. it yeah they told me which i had to be very you have to be very respectful careful. you have to be very careful i asked about it because i'd heard about it and they said oh there was a group of people within the organization who thought they were like rogues that, that was yeah. going to be the end they basically write them off as being yeah like you said a rogue group within the organization and after it didn't happen uh it sh- their faith was tested and many of them left and it it basically we basically oh, kind of uh got rid of some of the chaff there but it's not the truth at all that's not mm. true at all they totally were put it was being pushed by the organization and all their publications around their time in all of the talks they were given around that time even by the governing body when they were giving talks it was preached and like i said that that recording is up there um i think the talk is called stay alive till 75 and yeah you you can still find it right yeah yeah and um yeah i actually 
I'm not trying to plug this, but I I used to make a lot of music, and when I left, I made a song about the Jehovah's Witnesses, and I took clips from the uh, uh, from that convention or the speech that 1975 yeah. speech, and I put it in there. <laughs> no, that's fucking fire, dude. Uh, but um, yeah. <coughs> so um, excuse me, sorry. That is, in a nutshell, their prophecies that didn't happen, and they the ones. Uh, they reinterpreted. Dude, I don't know how else to say some that. Crazy. I think we no, covered it good I, enough. I think I think you covered that great. Uh, it seems like kind of a long-standing deal, going back to the late eighteen hundreds, of just reinstating and re kind of doing their theories or yeah. prophecies or however you want to say it. Uh, and no disrespect, once again to to others who who choose to believe in it or want to believe in it, whatever right. it is, uh, but there's seems to be some decent evidence to kind of throw some bullshit here. You yeah, know? there's a lot of evidence, um, a lot. Uh, another weird, I guess it's kind of a side note. I didn't find more information on it, but back when Charles Taze Russell was forming the Bible students in the er, the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, he first gave a lot of his big sermons at Masonic halls. Uh, he was not a Mason from what I could find, but um, the Masons let him use uh, their, I don't know if it was their lodges or their halls to preach to all those people. Cause at that point he didn't, they didn't, they weren't big enough to where they had all these kingdom halls and places to do it. Yeah. And yeah, so it's a weird sort of relationship yeah. there that I I wish I found more information. I couldn't find any more information on it. But if anyone knows any more of those connections between the Masons and Russell or the Masons and the Bible students, the early Jehovah's Witnesses, hit I, us up. I I totally want to I just want to know more just for myself. But if there's something really awesome, we we will do a follow-up. Uh, episode and share that with everyone um but yeah i'm i'm i am totally curious of what that dynamic was like i'm totally down to see what is going down with there if there's any more insights like you said or yeah yeah information it is definitely a rabbit hole i'm assuming but shit man maybe not maybe that's all it was maybe not yeah i don't know uh so i'm gonna totally steer us in a little bit of another direction here. Another th- another thing I wanted to talk about, Adam. I tried to just pick big ticket items. Uh, another one here is blood transfusions. Uh, let me read it and then we'll talk about it. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses believe that the Bible prohibits Christians from accepting blood transfusions. Yeah. Their literature states that abstaining from blood means not accepting blood transfusions and not donating or storing their own blood for transfusion. Here is a scripture, Acts 15, 19, 20, they use. Therefore, my decision is not to trouble those from the nations who are turning to God, but to write them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from what is strangled, and from blood. Opposition to the Watchtower doctrines on blood transfusions have come from both members and non-members. A group of dissident witnesses known as Associated Jehovah's Witnesses for Reform on Blood 
states that there is no biblical basis for the prohibition of blood transfusions and seeks to have some policies changed. I never knew such a group existed, and I think if yeah. anyone knew they were existed, they would all be kicked out. But um, yeah, they basically use scriptures talking about um, eating blood. And Interesting. They correlate eating blood to having it in a medical procedure, um, which yeah. doesn't make sense for one. It doesn't make it's, sense to me. It's weird that this is a, like a hill they're willing to die yeah, on. I a good way of saying it, it. It really is. They've stuck by this for a long time. For yeah, it's just. God, I'm trying to remember. Here's weird, uh, man. I might kind of butcher this, but I remember this in a. Uh, I think it was in a publication. Uh, but they basically explained, they're like, um, if your doctor told you that you cannot consume alcohol, would you in turn, uh, basically have an IV of alcohol directly into your blood? No, you would not do that because it's the same as consuming it. Bro. So consuming, so they say you can't do that with alcohol. So consuming blood is the same as a transfusion. They have like it's the ideology. So flawed. The yeah. They have like the ideology of if if your friend was to jump off the bridge, would you do it too? I like, mean, you know worse what I mean. That. The logic doesn't correlate. I, I'm just saying, like, I kind of get yeah. that vibe from them, Lord. Like, they take that and correlate it to everything else. It's like if they would have just stuck with blood is sacred, I would have been like, okay, stick blood to is, that, man. Blood is sacred, but uh, the scriptures they use. Uh, all have to do with eating blood, the scriptures that they use. Um, eating blood is not the same as having blood transfused. To save your operation. life or whatever. Yeah, it's not. The, there's no way it's the same. And um, when I was a kid, I remember I'm changing it to where there's different. Uh, I think there's different parts that make up blood, um, like plasma, and there's... I don't remember all of them, but Some then there was shit. a discussion of, could I have these components, but not the full blood? And then it's become a huge thing, but yeah. Uh, also in publications, so in a lot of older publications, they praised all the people who uh, died because they didn't take a blood transfusion. And then later <laughs> on, after they were criticized, they said, we haven't had a bunch of people die because of it. Yeah, it's just... There's no way to find a statistic to know. Yeah. But they will totally backpedal and backstep what they say from one area to another. It mm -hmm. happens all the time. Um. So, yeah, that's all I had on it. Did you have anything on blood transfusions before I move on? I will later. I will later? later? In the little Q&A, I will a Oh, in the Q&A? Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. My next session section is uh, the United Nations. Jehovah's Witnesses teach that the League of Nations and the United Nations were set up as a counterfeit of God's kingdom. Joseph F. Rutherford, second president of the Watchtower Society, condemned politicians, business leaders, and clergy in their support of the League of Nations. Jehovah's Witnesses believe that the United Nations will soon destroy all other religions and then turn against Jehovah's Witnesses. Excuse Some me. final boss shit there. Yeah. 
In February 1992, Jehovah's Witnesses, New York Corporation, the Watchtower Society, yep. was granted association as a non-governmental organization of the United Nations Department of Public wow. Information. The Watchtower Society requested termination of this in October 2001. Uh and the DPI disassociated the NGO on 9th October after the matter was reported in the Guardian. Little, uh, a lot of bit of backpedaling there. It sounds like that was something that used to be in my binder, but um, but it's gone now. All right, so, R I fucking P to whatever landfill that binder is in, man. I yeah. You got, I, uh, you got another little addition to add in here from the, that uh, is part of why I brought this revelation book to let you guys know. Give you guys a taste of the things they say about the United Nations. I I fucking love this segue here. The UN is getting involved. Which, fucking. In their earlier publications, they talked about the League of Nations. And then, then that dissipated and the United Nations made. They transitioned it and they moved all their ideology onto them. Okay. So uh, in here, um, I'm not sure exactly how much to read. I should have marked it, but... Under this section, uh, on page 253, why called an eighth king? The angel further explained to John, and the wild beast that was but is not, it is also itself an eighth king, but springs from the seven, and it goes off into destruction. That's Revelation 17.11. The symbolic scarlet-covered wild beast springs from the seven heads and is... It is born from or owes its existence to those heads of the original wild beast out of the sea, of which the scarlet-colored wild beast is an image in what way? Well, in 1919, the Anglo-American power was the ascendant head. The previous six heads had fallen, and the position of dominant world power had passed to this dual head and was now centered in it. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead because it keeps it goes okay. on and on. Okay. Uh, this seventh head as the current representative of the line of world powers was the moving force in establishing the League of Nations and is still the major promoter and financial supporter of the United Nations. Thus, in symbol, the scarlet-covered wild beast, the eighth king, springs from the original seven heads. <sighs> so... Dude, they have like the the late 1800s, the early 1900s, like shit was going down. According, you know what I mean? Like that time period was fucking crazy for the for the Jehovah Witnesses there. And um, yeah, I actually had the copy of uh, the United Nations um, uh, responding to whether or not. The witnesses were part of it and saying yes. I used to have. I wish really? I still had that. Okay, you can find it online though. Because um, I was, I was figuring they were going to be like, "Hey, fuck you, this wasn't." But that was another bombshell for me. I know it sounds yeah. like nothing to anyone else, but to me, growing up in that organization, being taught that the United Nations was the beast in Revel- the Book of Revelation, and then I found out oh, that the Jehovah's man. Witnesses requested to join and. Uh, were given they were part of it they were granted mm-hmm. association as a non-governmental organization of the un i was like what how Dude. is this not hypocrisy 
Is this another tax evasion situation? No, it has nothing to do with taxes. <laughs> that's just uh, the, uh, that's what, after covering Scientology, that's where my mind wants to go to after that. But but none yeah, of that. Right, right. Yeah. None, none of that. It, it, you know, I, I just figured, man, I have so much more to cover. Um, let's keep going. Bro, we're at an hour already. Uh, okay. Okay. We'll try, we'll try to keep on track here. Crisis of conscience. I got to talk about this. Okay. Crisis of conscience is a... A biographical book by Raymond Franz, a a former member of the governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses, written in 1983. Three years after his expulsion from the Jehovah's Witness denomination, the book is a major study and expose of the internal workings of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society during the 60s and 70s. Franz claimed that many Jehovah's Witnesses who chose to leave because they cannot honestly agree with all the organization's teachings or policies are subsequently disfellowshipped. That's the term for someone who leaves. I'm considered disfellowshipped. Um, Or formally expelled and shunned as apostates. So I would be considered an apostate. What am I considered as someone who has never... Is there like a term? That's a good question. I I don't think there's a term for you. I'm just not educated... You know, yeah, you're just ignorant. Yeah, I'm just ignorant. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, pasta. Uh, he wrote that he hoped his book might prompt witnesses to consider uh, the conscientious stand of defectors with a more open mind. He hoped that a discussion of deliberations and decisions of the governing body during his term would illustrate fundamental problems and serious issues within the organization. They demonstrate the extremes to which loyal uh, loyalty to an organization can lead. Uh, how it is that basic, how it is that basically kind, well-intentioned persons can be led to make decisions and take actions that are both unkind and unjust, even cruel. In his personal memoir, France said that at the end of 1979, he reached a personal crossroad. Uh, oh, that's that's kind of deep there. Yeah, here's a paragraph from him. I had spent nearly 40 years as a full-time representative serving at every level of the organizational structure. The last 15 years I had spent at the international headquarters and the final nine of those as a member of the worldwide governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses. It was those final years that were the crucial period for me. Um, illusions there met up with reality. I have since come to an come to and appreciate the righteousness of a quotation I recently read, one made by a, uh, a statesman now dead who said, the great enemy of the truth is very often not the lie, deliberate, contrived, and dishonest, but the myth persistent, persuasive, and unrealistic. I now began to realize how large a measure of what I had based my entire adult life course on was just that, a myth persistent persuasive and unrealistic damn i thought that powerful and yeah. um yeah when i uh when i first left i read that book and it was very eye-opening did it 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 probably hit you like pretty fucking hard uh what's interesting is he did not he did he was not bashing anyone he did not bash the yeah. organization or bash anyone it was just um, he was pretty unbiased when it came to to making his take yeah. here, which I, I fucking respect because it was probably hard yeah. to stay unbiased there. And he 
seems like he did the best unbiased work he could. What's interesting is this guy, France, he had a huge part in um, making the New World Translation of the Holy Scriptures. Wow. Which okay. is the Bible the Jehovah's Witnesses use. He himself yeah. yep. did a lot of translating, and um, he actually brought to them that Jehovah is not the appropriate translation of the it's, name of God. It's BS. Or what's known as a tetragrammaton. Uh, he said uh, Jehovah's actually a uh, inaccurate translation. Yahweh is actually the yeah. uh, the correct translation. Because something we were chopping up before, J didn't exist. Yeah, J didn't exist. That wasn't a, a letter. That, that wasn't a pronunciation back then. So Yeah, it wasn't. Um, but yeah, the tetragrammaton, tetragrammatron, I don't know if I'm However saying However right. the fuck you got to pronounce that big shit. Word. Uh, has to do with God's name in the original scriptures, which in the uh, Aramaic is Y-H-W-H. Yahweh. They didn't have uh, consonants back then. Yeah, and that was, I think it was by like a 14th century Catholic monk came up with Jehovah. Wait, they didn't have consonants or vowels back then? They didn't have vowels. vowels. Did I say it wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. They, they didn't, didn't have, have vowels. vowels. They okay. only had consonants. So I was just, just making sure we're, we're clear here. Th- yeah, thanks for that correction. Uh, you know, much much like the way we abbreviate things in text now, we yeah. skip all the vowels. Yeah, we skip a lot of the values. Well, uh, vowels, yeah. Yeah, their language was a shortcut. It was just the consonants. So it was Y-H-W-H. But um, yeah, he brought it up that like this is by a Catholic monk that's... Most people regard yeah, this, this as might, false. This might be wrong, fucking BS. Not false. I guess incorrect. Is as they they regard this as incorrect, and that Yahweh is the is more correct way uh, to more say correct. it. And he, I, I remember reading somewhere it was either in his book or in something else. Uh, then he brought it up to the governing body, and they were just like. Yeah, we took yeah. the name Jehovah's Witnesses, and that's what it is now. We're I don't want to sticking get, with Jehovah. I don't want to get too far out there, but with the whole the whole idea of Jehovah not being it, the correct way to say it is is Jesus the not correct way to say it? No, Yeshua. It, exactly. Yeah, that's, it's Yeshua. You know that there was no fucking J back then. Like, yeah, it is. It is fucking crazy to think about. Once again, I don't want to shit on anyone's faiths. Red, he also he doesn't want to shit on anyone's face. If you face believe, or face, did you say face? You want to, okay, so you faiths. do want to shit on someone's face? Maybe you don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, right. but but you you know what I'm saying here? Yes. Like, believe in what you want to believe. There there's some real shit going on when with, with some of these characters, but some of the pronunciations might be kind of watery like there there might be some yeah. weird stuff going on here definitely definitely, definitely. Man. okay guys i'm gonna go into my last section well last section we got a we got a little q a after that and then we're gonna be fucking i want to get to the q a now uh so can i hit you up for another drink while i, I do this i think I'm, I'm gonna have to be the same way here get going all right let's do this uh this one might be uh might be harsh for some people if they're listening, but this last section is called Descriptions as a Cult. I'm going to start with the Encyclopedia Britannica definition of the word cult. Cult, usually small, usually small group devoted to a person, idea, or philosophy, 
The term cult is often applied to a religious movement that exists in some degree of tension with the dominant religious or cultural inclination of a society. In recent years, the word cult has been most commonly used as a pejorative term for a religious group that falls outside of the mainstream and, by implication, engages in questionable activities. Many new religions are controversially labeled as cults. So by definition, the word cult isn't that bad, uh, but in modern terms, it's, it's a little fuck shit. A little sus, but... It's not that bad compared to our idea of the term cult. Uh, like when we, when you, I, I, anyone who has researched like older like Greek religions knows of like the cult of Demeter or the cult of whatever, and it it, it was just like a way to say religion, kind of. It didn't have as much of a a much negative uh, connotation as it does now. Yes, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read on. So. Um, Arthur's Anthony A. Hokema, Ron Rhodes, and Alan W. Gomes so claimed the, these authors claimed Jehovah's Witnesses are religious cults. Hokema based his judgment on a range of what he describes as general characteristics of a cult, including the tendency to elevate peripheral teachings such as door-to-door preachings to great prominence, extra-scriptural source of authority. Uh, Hokima highlights watchtower teachings that the Bible may be understood only as it is interpreted by the governing body. A view of the group as the exclusive community of the saved. Watchtower publications teach that witnesses alone are God's people and only they will survive Armageddon. And the group's central role in eschatology. Hokima says witnesses... Witness publications claim the group was called into existence by God to fill in a gap in the truth neglected by existing churches, marking the climax of sacred history. Jehovah's Witnesses state that they are not a cult and say that although individuals need proper guidance from God, they should do their own thinking. And I will say personally, I think by our negative uh, more judgmental views of what a cult is, I would say that Jehovah's Witnesses are a cult. And I will say for three primary reasons. Um, I think they are on the mild end as far as cults go. This isn't yeah. a Waco situation. D- this is not a Waco situation. It, yeah. it is much more mild, uh, much more. And uh, I, uh, there is no one at the top benefiting from this. It's it it seems it's, like that. Yeah. There there is not. There's not. Everyone that's in there totally believes in it. There's no one person at the top getting everyone's stuff and fucking everyone's wife like in Waco. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, but the three reasons I say they were a cult is for one, the governing body is basically um uh what's the word? Uh I'm totally spacing. Uh, infallible. The governing okay. body is basically infallible. What they say, their interpretation of the scriptures is law. It's God's will. Mm-hmm. Uh, for two, two is that uh, if you try to leave, you are demonized. 
and you are cast out. Exactly. You're cast away. Uh, no one talked, like all my family to witnesses, none of them talk to me. No one will talk to you. You have nothing to do with it. So governing body, people will cast you out. What's my third? I'm spacing on my third reason. You're good. I I feel like this is a good segue to the Q and A right here. We're we're almost there. I, I okay. one more a little bit more. That, okay, but, okay. Oh man, I feel so bad. I'm bombing. I I have this all lined up. You're in gonna my head. you're gonna get to it. You're uh, gonna get to I have it. This all, there's so much information. It's here. good. It's good. Oh yeah. The the last one is the Doomsday uh, Armageddon. Armageddon. The Doomsday teaching that is always pushing you to devote yourself to the group because you only have so, so those much are, time those are the three things the governing you have the group the governing body that's infallible you have the uh what did i say i'm fucking this up so bad the doomsday oh the doomsday you have the shunning of the non-believers yeah, if you yeah yeah yes and then you have uh the armageddon doomsday those three things i will say push them into the cult territory. And I will say a mild cult, not the harsh Not a full-on David Goresh, Waco, we're fucking our female... Fo- like, yes. It's, it's almost there, or it's a little bit there, but it's not full-on fucking... When you try to leave, you're not going to be able to leave like right. Shit like no like one that. is. No one's fucking everyone's wife. No and one's taking all their. They are kind of taking some people's money. You know, like in the 1975 prop, uh, um, prophecy, people, when people were, mortgage, were yeah. selling their houses and giving all everything to the like you know, the, the Jehovah's group. Witnesses weren't benefiting on that. Uh, there was no one at the top benefiting from it, but, but the organization was. Yes, because they had followers that were deep in. Yeah, and it happened. It, it did happen. So I ended this with uh, my uh, quote from the beginning, the common okay. Jehovah's Witness saying, which you're just going to have to take my word for it. You can Google it, but you're going to have to take my word for this. I promise you this is a common saying. And when I was a kid uh, uh, growing up in the Bay Area, California, mm-hmm. um, there was times where I went and visited my family in Georgia, and I went to the yeah. Kingdom Halls there. They still said this. Yeah, and they are called the Kingdom Halls, by the way. We have one here in Iowa. We have many. By, we have, probably many. Yeah, yeah, we have many. But there is one that I live kind of close to. Yeah, yeah. They're that, called Kingdom Halls. Yep. So here's the here here is the quote again from the beginning. If you are in desperate need of a drink of water, and the glass in front of you is 99% clean but contains just 1% poison, would you drink it? We come full circle here, folks. From what we've learned about the Jehovah's Witnesses, do you think there is 1% poison in there? Man. That was my point. Man. That was what I had. I thought it was cool. You have a good little segue there, Red. I I love the way you ended it there. So now... I I think you can only really appreciate if you're a Jehovah's Witness, but... Probably... I guess maybe I can appreciate it appreciate it a little more because appreciate appreciate sound like a Tyson there. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm gonna turn towards you a little more now. Okay, All let's right. let's do this Q and A portion. Okay, I just I I got a couple questions for you. I thought this would be fun here, Red. Okay, let's do it. Here's the first one here. Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe in military service, national anthems, or voting. That's 100% correct. 100% true? So they, yes, that's 100% true. So they believe you are no part of this world just as Christ is no part of this world. 
Um, that's a scripture somewhere. So uh, basically, uh, you cannot pledge yourself to any kingdom, any earthly kingdom. You are part of God's kingdom. So if military service were to come, you would have to. Uh, I remember they actually told me when I was a kid, um, I had to sign up when the draft came around. I had to sign down. I had to write all that information and I had to send it back because that was my duty to the government and I was supposed to comply with the laws. But if a draft were ever to happen, I would have to decline service. That is a that is crazy how you have yeah. Oh, another thing I, as a kid Keep going, man. I love to hear as all a kid this. in class. Uh when I was a kid in school, we had the pledge of allegiance every day. I don't know if that's still a thing. Really you still Was that a the- thing when you were a kid? When you were in school? No? Yeah, yeah. When when I was in elementary school, we in did elementary. The, I was in yeah, I was we like didn't, the last generation of Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, we didn't do it when I was in high school. But when I was yeah. in elementary, they yeah. pledged allegiance and it uh, was awkward. I couldn't I was not allowed to pledge allegiance to the flag dude, because I was Wow. Because my allegiance was to God's kingdom. That is fucking crazy because I feel like uh just yeah. to let y'all know, I'm I'm 21. This is the like in my elementary, we did the Pledge of Allegiance. We had a flag in our classroom. Did you have a flag in your classroom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we did. We had a flag in our classroom, and we did the Pledge of Allegiance every day. And in uh, middle school and high school, we didn't do it, but in elementary, we did do it. And, and you're saying you you didn't do it? I didn't do it. Um, yeah, I that think, is uh, fucking crazy. There's some times where there was like a conversation with a teacher or something, but it was never that awkward. What I would do, I would just stand up. I would just you stand would, there. You wouldn't have uh, your heart I think, on your. You wouldn't have your hand on your chest. I just wouldn't put my hand yeah. up, and I wouldn't say. I would just stand up and sit down, and uh, it wasn't that wow. weird because some other kids did it too, just because they feel were lazy. Like if we do have some younger listeners here, it's it's honestly crazy. Y'all don't do that. Like you would either take your cap off, or you'd put your heart on your chest, or your cap on your chest, and say the pledge of allegiance. But that, but that's insane. Okay, it's it's weird. They don't do it. Yeah, anymore, they they but, don't uh, do it anymore. Okay, uh, let, let's do the next one here. By okay. the way, uh, this is a CTV News article. We'll have it linked in the description. Okay. I just uh, I Googled this, and uh, it, it's nine things Jehovah's Witnesses don't do. So uh, that's where I'm stealing this from. But uh, okay, next one. They do not celebrate holidays. That is true. They do not celebrate any holidays. No holidays, no Christmas, no so, Easter, no... Uh, if you go back to our episode on Christmas... yeah. Yeah, you will find that Christmas uh, stems from many pagan things, which very I, true. I celebrate now. Um, I don't care, but as a Jehovah's Witness, they take that very seriously. They uh, um, the celebration of Christmas stems from pagan things. They want nothing to do with it. Uh, same with Easter, Halloween. I think is pretty obvious, but we'll probably we'll probably cover that uh, next year. Uh, yeah, we're, stems we got to cover pagan that next things. year. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of Christian churches uh, disassociate from Halloween, but what most of them do is they celebrate what's called Beggars Night, and they, yeah, they basically that's what they, that's what they call it here. At least in Iowa, they yeah. call it Beggars Night. So what they do is the day before Halloween, they basically celebrate Halloween and they call it Beggars Night, but they're still celebrating Halloween. Um, that one is obviously not Christian. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean definitely not so, christian yeah. uh but yes in short they do not celebrate holidays uh if i'll go into fourth of july briefly 
Uh, that has to do with nationalism, and that kind of ties into the last comment of they separate themselves as being part of earthly kingdoms, and you're only sworn to God's kingdoms. So anything that has to do with uh, kingdoms on earth, you do not celebrate. Mm-hmm. So I think that covers all the holidays. Um, so I got these next three we kind of already covered, but I personally think they're elite. Uh, this article, once again, we'll have it linked. I, I think they did, get a, they did a good job. Okay. So the next one we already kind of covered, but uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses do not accept blood transfusions. I think we covered that one pretty good. They we already do not. They, um, like I said, I'll give you yeah. guys some more details. When I was in Bro, there, this is a fucking awesome podcast, Red. You okay. are killing this one. Uh, when I was in there, they did not. We would talk about it, but we would carry in our wallets cards. Um, we would sign a uh, power of attorney um, about not accepting a blood transfusion in case uh, I was in an accident and I couldn't speak for myself. That. Basically, like me, uh, me being an adult married male. Let's yeah. just say we're me, my wife, whatever. We're in the Your congregation. Kids, whatever. Yeah. Um, I would sign one. My wife would sign it, and then someone else in the congregation. Which back when I did it was an elder who was a friend of ours. An elder is like a uh, what a dope title. Uh, that's basically a, a, a priest. Yeah. So he'd sign it. My wife would sign it. They were like my two witnesses, but they they were the people who had the power attorney, uh, power of attorney, to talk for me if I was incapacitated. Okay. So if I was in the hospital incapacitated, my wife and that elder, they would they have your would say. Be able to talk for me to the doctor to tell them that I could not take blood, and then I would also have I would have this whole document um, that I. Back then, I gave it to my doctor. He Back then, my doctor had a copy of this document saying I wouldn't take blood. I had a card that I would carry in my wallet saying that I would not take blood in case I was an accident. Hopefully, that covers that good no, well that, enough. Like I said, these ones we kind of already covered, but I feel like it's dope to ask you. Give you a little inside how it works. Here's another, here's another one. The Jehovah Witnesses shun those who go astray. That is true. So... Um, they take it kind of extreme. So uh, I can kind of identify with this as well. They do take it pretty seriously. Yes. So it kind of, um, this is where they kind of coincide with Scientology on the way Scientology does not uh, totally, uh, Scientology calls it disassociation. So when I left, Anyone that I ever thought was my friend there never talked to me again. Exactly. Uh, my family members that were part of it never had anything to do with me again. And I feel like respect to you, Red, you did kind of keep some contact with your family members, maybe to a more limited contact, but like you had that kind of fight for you with yeah, that kind of... It, it was, it was, it hard was for tough. A while. Uh, it was tough for sure. The most hardest thing was my father. He still... He talked to me a few times after, and then he just never talked to me again. Yeah. And that's just the way it goes. That's just how it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it is awkward, though. Like, after I left and the few conversations I had, like, they kind of just want to steer you towards coming back, and you're 
just kind of like what the fuck like <laughs> yeah i tried show, sharing him the things that i i found and you he, probably that was probably one of the uh it's probably the biggest reason why he doesn't talk to me anymore and i feel like towards making your binder too that you were talking about before yeah it's like i had this plethora of information uh supporting me and uh they basically had they don't want to hear it at all and I'm like, dude, I'm not making this up. Like, I got the books. Yeah, this I got is the all like quotes. documentation. Yeah. You're like, I'm not making this up. Like, come the fuck on, man. Yeah, but he was just like, oh, you're being led astray. Uh, you're listening to the devil. You know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, this isn't the devil. Like, I feel like this next anyways, one. Uh, they limit on. contact with non-Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, which you kind of touched on there. Which you yeah. definitely touched on there. Basically, the only time I could ever talk to any of my any of my family that's a Jehovah's Witness right now is if someone in my family dies and we're at the same funeral. I can have limited contact with them at that funeral. So on some and real still, fucking shit, you can have a little it's amount. Still supposed to be very limited. So they recognize that in a a, a horrible event that you might be together at the same funeral and you might have to briefly interact. Yeah. But you have to keep it very brief. Yeah. Okay, here's the, here's the next one. They believe Satan is real and that he's here on earth. Absolutely. They Absolutely. 100% believe Satan is real. So they do not believe in hell, but they do believe that Satan is real. They, they don't believe in hell? No. Uh, no, they don't believe in hell. But they do believe that Satan is real and he is on earth in a spiritual realm. But wow. that he is here with all of his demons trying to uh, mislead everyone. Miss, okay. Uh, okay. I can understand that premise a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's their kind of yeah. ideology. Okay. Here's the uh, next one. They believe sins require two witnesses. So. Okay. I'm happy because this one I was weird about. So, okay. If. I were to, this actually goes into um, something I was going to talk about at the end. I kind of got derailed on. So sins, let's say I want to accuse someone of committing a sin, but they're not, uh, they're not admitting to, I would need two witnesses for that. Really? Now this Bro, ties this into, is some fucking Scientology shit. Holy uh, fuck. There's a scripture they use for it, but this ties into... Uh, part of the reasons, one of the reasons, another reason why I left is all of their uh, child sex uh, pedophilia allegations against them, which is huge. Uh, when I found out all that coming out in the news and I started asking about it, I got totally shut down. Um, really? Yeah, but basically what happened is there's been thousands of cases throughout the world of children being molested yeah them covering it up just like the catholic church i never witnessed any of it yeah it's Um, it's sad man but when i did join a congregation here in iowa there was a member there who used to be an elder who was no longer that i had some of the parents tell me in private like he was fucking around he is a pedophile don't leave your kids around him that's yeah. why he used to be an elder and he isn't and i was like what the what? fuck why is man? he even here yeah why the fuck is uh, he still allowed so all they did was demote him and tell everyone to just uh, bro that is totally some catholic church shit yeah wow weird okay weird uh no i got, okay. I got more to say oh, oh yeah uh, let's fucking do it so that is a huge problem in a lot of their cases is that someone was molested uh 
it happened from elders, which is just like in the in the Catholic Church, a priest molesting a kid. Yeah. In the Jehovah's Witness, an elder molesting a child, the child eventually coming out and saying it, and then they're like, do you have two witnesses? No, you don't have witnesses yeah, yeah. to someone getting molested. Wow. Okay. I feel like that was a good question then. Right? Shit. Yeah, two, no, you don't. Yeah. You don't have two witnesses. You have the victim and the person who did yeah. it. Yeah. And then where's no, the fucking evidence? And then nothing happens to them. Wow, dude. So yeah, let's go on. Okay, th- this is the last one, and this is a total. We've already touched on this, but mm-hmm. I this is just the end. End the podcast out right here. Okay. Y'all. They believe the end is near, very near. Oh, I think we've covered that pretty good. I, I think we've covered that pretty good. But they, I, I think that's a good way to end it. They believe the end is near, and they constantly hammer on that to uh basically get more devotion out of you they will constantly tell you the yeah. end is coming yeah i've like a yeah i think there's a scripture that says like a thief in the night and they have like been quoting that for a hundred years now yeah bro it's, it's funny. coming like a thief bro, in the night it's fun. so give oh everything you can to the church which they don't even call it a church they don't call themselves a church what do they call it the kingdom hall what, the what kingdom they? hall yeah the kingdom the organ hall. uh yeah. the organization the governing body. Yeah. They the don't de- call themselves. Exactly. Uh, there's actually another term. Oh, the faithful and discreet slave. They call themselves that. Fuck, man. I feel like that Q&A section was pretty fun. I, I, yeah, I, I'm glad you did that. That I was a good idea, did, man. That, might, was, that was Jake's idea. Yeah. Good, that, good job, man. I didn't know again, he was doing that till but now. Even though I, I have to, to discredit myself a little bit, we have the article linked down below. I stole all those questions from... I like it. But uh, we'll, I didn't we'll have steal that my link answers below. from them. Those yeah. are all my answers. No, those answers that off was, the cuff. I didn't. I've never read the article. That was all off the cuff from Red. So we'll have that link down below. All our links. Uh, yeah. But man, I fuck. hope this was good for guys. I knew when we started this podcast that we were going to called do, it. I knew we were going to do this episode at some point, and I've honestly been nervous about doing it the whole time i think you did it a great way so i've been i've been nervous i've been nervous about the judgment but uh hey guys uh shit happens man you hey, know? hey fucking red put himself out here and also i feel like i mean i never grew up a jehovah's witnesses to put myself uh, you know we make the i don't know if y'all have ever heard it, we make the joke this is two brothers making a podcast we're brothers two here brothers uh we have the same mom I was past the point of yeah. growing up a Jehovah's Witness. My ma, our ma, had already left. Yeah. So I grew up a Christian. Red grew he, up. Yeah, he grew up outside of it. Yeah, I grew up outside of it. So this is like very interesting for me. I had a great time. Yeah, Red. Jake has no idea what it's like. I had no idea, Red. You had a. So another thing is. Yeah, you did great. Growing Red. up as a kid, you can't play sports. As a Jehovah's Witness, I, that was something I was going to bring should up touch before. On when, uh, so when I yeah, was yeah. a kid, I always wanted to play baseball. I couldn't play it. Uh, I wasn't allowed. You weren't allowed to like uh, be a part of anything, uh, sports or uh, what's the word? Just uh, yeah, you're going at your team activities. Team activities against each other. You're you're not allowed to do that. Shit. Yeah, uh, Red. Uh, you know, Red being a father. Um, his kid for a little while yeah. was not allowed to be in sports. When my kid was young, I was yeah, still in it. Yeah, Red was a Jehovah's Witness, and 
that was not a deal. That that was not a part of the deal. So wasn't even pro- he never asked, he never even was interested. Yeah, in, I, thankfully. To to be fair, you lucked out. I'll but, tell you guys this. Uh, when my kid though, I think it was he was about ten when uh, we were finally all said and done, and we were yeah. finally celebrating our first Christmas together. I had never celebrated it my whole life, yeah, bro. Th- yeah, wow. But I I had kind of semi been part of them with with Jake. And my mom a little a little semi, bit yeah but like never yeah but this is my first real one and he's like hey dad uh I'm ten now so uh, we're celebrating Christmas like I missed ten years so he's like you're gonna give me all these presents <laughs> yeah. for ten years and, yeah. uh, I remember that's a him. smart kid there yeah he is he is he's a he very is smart a smart kid, kid. He's very awesome. smart kid I looked at him I was like bro <laughs> I'm I'm thirty and haven't <laughs> yeah. had any Christmases where are my where are all years? my presents and he was like uh I was like. Be glad you're getting it now. Yeah. He was like, all right, Dad. Yeah. All right. Oh, man. <laughs> he's had Dude. awesome Christmas. Don't I've spoiled. He's had no, awesome Christmases. He's, he's had great Christmases yeah. since then. Yeah. All uh, hail Odin's day. Yeah. All fucking <laughs> hail Odin. But uh, it, it's crazy. I'm assuming. It's insane, uh, man. Some of the people who have, you know, y'all, y'all dope people out there who have listened to a lot of us. We are brothers. We have a. Uh, yeah. We have different dads, but uh, and we're the same few, crazy mom. Yeah, same crazy love. mom that we fucking love, and she is a great gal. Yes, uh, good mom. We have definitely had some differences growing up. Red, he he grew up in it in the in the Jehovah's Witnesses, the J Dubs, as I like to man. call them. I wish you could know what yeah. it's like. I getting have, up in the morning, making your fucking meal. Getting dressed and going to a convention. It's you know, a fucking deal. Bro. We we did an episode. All day. You're we there did, for like yeah. eight hours. You know, and I feel like this is going to set up next week. We did an episode on origins of Christianity. I would yes. like... I would no, like origins to do, of Christmas. Oh, Christmas. Sorry. I would like to do an episode on origins of Christianity. And I can that give is y'all, something we're going to cover. I can, I can give y'all some of my insights of growing up in it and uh we're gonna cover that for sure i feel like that's a topic end of this podcast i feel like we have to give a big shout out to red here big shout out he gave some amazing insights and this fucker grew up in it and thanks man you know it is hey guys drop some comments uh yeah definitely drop some questions i'll try to answer them definitely uh Uh, drop some questions red would here i'm try to be an open book uh yeah so we appreciate it guys um yeah i i feel like hope you guys enjoyed it this has been our longest episode by far and we didn't even cover everything we this is really are doing our best to summarize everything i guess you know we've been going on this long do you have like any story or anything you want to tell about the j-dubs like oh man is there anything that's hard to okay 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 i maybe we should close it out here we've we've i guess i'll tell you guys this i I feel like yeah i got one more yes let's let's fucking do it when i finally did leave and i compiled what i told you guys was my binder of information I wrote a letter to the elders of my congregation. Mm-hmm. Very, Those are like the top tier guys. I wrote a are... very respectful email, very respectful, um, questioning like, hey, guys, what is this stuff? Mm. I was just like, what is this and this and this and this? And wh- what am I supposed to make of this? Mm-hmm. Hoping to hear something back, right? You never. It took like a month. 
Okay. I got a phone call from really? one of them. I got a phone call. And uh, he's like, hey, you know, and I said, hey, you know, he's like, is this Nick? And I was like, yeah, you know, this is a guy I've talked to many times. Yeah. Is this Nick? He's like, yeah. And then he's like, uh, this is brother so-and-so or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, you know. And he's like, I have so-and-so on the line. Two witnesses. He had two witnesses. Mm. I was like, okay. And then he's just, this is all he said. All he said from the response to my email. I said, I got your email here. He said, do you do you no longer want to be associated with Jehovah's Witnesses? And I was just like, no. Uh, <laughs> no. He's like, okay. And he said, did you hear that? And the other guy said, yeah. And he said, okay. That was it. I hung up. And they hung- that was wow. the whole thing. And I was just like, man, I wish I was just like. You didn't even try to fight for me, motherfucker. I've I been was, with you since I've been in my fucking teens. Well, I wish <laughs> I had been like, do you have any answers to any of these questions? Because I was just in shock. I was just like, yeah, what? That was that the was end of it. it. That was that was the whole thing. So, and then I was just, and then I was just disfellowshipped. Hadn't broke any rules. Now that, that was the end of it. That was it. So there you go. I shared my story with you guys. Um, hey, respect to you, Red. Res- I oh fucking yeah, respect. To I you. wanted to give you guys one more detail. So when we did our episode on the two Babylons. That book, The Two Babylons, I first heard about it from a very, very early uh, Jehovah's Witness book. I was a little kid when I found out about it. A very early book that they made quoted from The Two Babylons, and then I bought the book, The Two Babylons, when I was a teenager, and I read it. Was and that part how, of the... Yeah. No, that wasn't really part okay. of me leaving, but it, it was part of me finding that knowledge that I thought was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was cool, but um, ref- we need to wrap this up. Respect to Thanks, you, man. Red. Hey, I feel like y'all fucking give Red some support, putting himself out there. Like this oh, don't worry was, about it, guys. I'm good. No, I I know you're good, Red. You don't need any of that. But this man's he put himself out there. We got some dope insights. Like this was the best episode for us. Like this is the best topic <laughs> for I- us. Like, I hope you guys liked it. Yeah, we you fucking killed it, Rad. Respect might, to you. Thanks, man. I appreciate. It. We I appreciate could do all a part the two. We could do a we, part two. We might in the future when things more things happen. We might do a part two. There's another if we get enough uh, info. There's another revision. You know. Yeah, dude. We. Yeah, I'd definitely do a follow up on that. I'd love to. And if anyone has any more info on things that they want to send yeah, our way, that if we, we miss anything. Send it. Don't don't be shy. Send it to us because send it. we appreciate it. And uh, yeah, if we accumulate enough of that, we'll cover it in another episode. Definitely, definitely, y'all. So yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Till next time, I'm Red. This is Jake. See ya. See ya.